JoeBertigan.com. This is another episode of uh, Moth slash Little Moth uh, podcast series with uh, longtime track announcers slash flaggers slash race director um, uh, Roger Miller and Eric Miller. And, and Roger, we get outside of, of Plymouth. There is life outside of eastern Wisconsin and Plymouth. Uh, you've worked at a lot of racetracks, as Eric has. Talk about some of the racetracks uh, that you've worked at flagging. You've got to have some good stories from some of these places, too. Every job almost that I had hired to flag at, I kind of backdoored in it because of some strange reason. I, I yeah. started flagging that first October Fall Classic for Randy Sipple when he was 12 or 13. He took over announcing, and I flagged that night. After that, it just became, you know, it just became a thing. So then I started flagging at Shilton. And then there was a time that I flagged at Wilmot for a year because their flag band quit on the opening night. Now, I just got to work that one night. You don't have to come back. He's going to yeah, come I've back. I've heard that before. <laughs> at the end of the year, I said, geez, I said, I'm glad your flag band came back after the second week. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And same way with, with Slinger. Flagging at Slinger, their flag man had a heart attack while he was doing a... It wasn't a, Mike Phelps, was it? No. Uh, no, it wasn't Mike Phelps. Okay. It was uh, JP, I think, his initials. He flagged at Rockford and at Slinger. And and forgive me if I got, got his initials wrong, but he had a stroke. Uh, TP, Tom yeah, Powell. T- yeah, TP. Yes, he had a, he yeah. had a stroke or a heart attack. And... I got a call. I was at work one day. You don't know me. I'm Todd Thalen. Uh, but uh, Brad Miller gave me your name. You're, you're kind of a flag man. So, yeah, kind of, sort of. So Brad, Brad has a, a sneaking way to be able to do that. Because he does. That's, that's how I got the Gravity Park job. Was oh, Brad, sure. Brad gave Bob and Jesse my number, too. Oh, so, sure, sure. Brad, Brad likes to do that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. So that was going to get to be a, a, t- a couple-week thing until he got better, you know. And so right. I worked the first week, worked the second week, and then I was... They told me to give me my shirt back on the third week, and I said, "Oh, I guess I'm done." He, said, he says, "No." He says, yeah, "TP's not going to make it." He says, uh, "He says I just want to know how you want your name embroidered on your shirt, you know." So I mean, really, that, so that was the whole year there. Oh wow! And then I remember one night, in the second year that I flagged at Slinger, there were these guys with these blue shirts, polo shirts underneath the flag stand. And I, I called the scorer up and I said, "Hey, who are these guys underneath me?" I said, "I didn't black flag anybody tonight." I said, "They can't be mad at me. Who are these?" Oh, those are the board of directors from Kakana. Okay. I said, okay. So I, I climbed down to do the figure eight races. Hey, we want to talk to you. So, well, you got to talk to me at the end of the night because I get the figure eight races to do. So right. came back and he said, well, they introduced themselves to me and they, they told me that their, their flagman, who they had, which he's a great flagman. I mean, he did the Craftsman Truck Series uh, that I went and watched. And I thought he was an excellent flagman. But apparently uh, something happened at the track. Um, he was trying to tell the uh, track crew how to clean up an oil spill, and yeah. they were all going to quit unless he quit. And he got quit. So right. Then again, there I am. I'm walking into it. And I said, sure. I, "Dummy me!" I said, "Yes." And I said, "I would never work for another club again in my oh. life." Flag. So, and I know you want to talk about that later, but so I ended up, I ended up flagging there for two years at Kakana. You're also the race director at Shawano because yep. uh, I actually worked as a. Up in turn four at Shawano for a couple yep. of nights. And so did Jason Rowe work in turn three. And uh, right? almost had uh, a late model end up on my head in turn four at Shawano. Oh, wow. Rolled, rolled down the track. Uh, that was that was an interesting gig. Yeah, it was, that was, it was then, an uh, interesting ride every every night. Yeah. But then, a lot of different dynamics when you yeah, talk yeah. clubs right. oh, yeah. versus independent promoters. On, on one hand, with the clubs, in a lot of cases, they're the ones putting the work in to keep the lights on, but doing this 40 years and you guys have done it a long time too you have almost too many chiefs not enough indians well, exactly. i'd rather work for one guy calling well, the course. shots right, exactly. what are your guys thoughts it was excellent working for wayne erickson because sure. he was the guy that you answered to he was the promoter wayne's world oh yeah it doesn't matter he's one guy you do what he wants you to do and you just do it that was it but, yeah but, but you know when you work for a club you know 
you got you got seven bosses technically. Yeah. And then you got like the Plymouth during the heyday, you had seven board members, but then you had fifteen hundred members also thinking oh, that they were your boss. Yes. You know? And the same thing happens, not too much at Kakana, but you had typically seven bosses. Oh, yeah. So one guy tells you one thing, the next guy tells you another thing. No, that's not the way. So it, it is very challenging working for a club or a board. I'd rather much work for a promoter like Wilmot too. I was working for a promoter there at Wilmot. It was fine. You knew who to answer to. What he sure. wanted you to do, you did his wishes how he wanted it done. You know, Eric. What do you? What are your thoughts? You know, I I much rather prefer working for an individual too. I love working for Bob and Jesse at, at Gravity Park for the first two years that that racetrack was open. I went back the, the third and fourth year and, and flagged uh, a couple of nights, uh, filling in for for Gracie, but. You know, there is some stability that comes with working with the club, however. Right. Because there are some promoters in in our history, and, and I know you've probably dealt with this too, when, when you work for a promoter, there's a few shady, shady ones out there. Not many, but there there's, are. A, there, there's a few. And, you know, you get stiffed every now and then. And, Jerry, and, we won't say Jerry's <laughs> name, will we? <laughs> but but there's, you know, there's, there's moments where you realize mm -hmm. that as frustrating as working for a club can be, there are some benefits of it. There's a, there was a lot of stability, you know, to it. You know, in the in the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s, working at you know at Eastern. I loved working for Steve Sinclair. Steve and I didn't always get along. Right. You know, he had an issue with something I said at the banquet, and then I was done. You right. Know, I, you know, again, a young kid. I said something stupid during a banquet, and Steve said, "You're done." Just like that. Just eh? like that. Yeah. I mean, it was in the middle of the off season, but you know. And Steve, Steve, I have the utmost respect for Steve, and I'm so thankful that he was inducted in the same class to the Hall of Fame that Dad was. Um, you know, Noel Kramer too. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. You know, from the body of work that of Dad's announcing and, and flagging career just in general. But he was also a race director for Badger Kart Club, for okay. America's Kart Club. So there's there's a lot of grassroots racing that the Dad's been a part of. That's been very beneficial for racing in the community itself. Right. There's, there's oh, yeah. a lot of drivers that started as carters that are now in full-blown cars. Sure. That you know that he kind of oversaw and did in drivers' meetings and 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 taught them kind of the lay of the land, right. like the way it's supposed to be. And uh, that's for for me, legacy is a big deal. Right. You know, with with racing, there's a lot of people that that I respect in this business. Obviously, you know, Joe, you and I have known each other a long time. <clears throat> you know, another announcer. You know that that I absolutely love to death is Tom Wagner. I, oh, one know, of the best. I've not, learned a lot from not, him. Not many conversations that I've had with Tom in, in the last twenty years, but the one or two that I did when I was first starting out, Tom was was one of those guys that I just I love listening to. He was always entertaining, but he was he was always just quick with advice. Oh yeah, and I always appreciated that. Oh and, yeah, you know. The, a lot of a lot of trouble that you get into today is social media. Oh yeah. And, you know when when I was first getting started, that thing racingonline.com was just starting to take off. Oh yeah. And I got myself in a lot of trouble on forums because I <laughs> oh, had yeah. no problem telling people my opinion. You're talking late nineties <laughs> or oh yeah. Right. I was right, wrong or indifferent, I had a lot of opinions. I and, did too. <laughs> through checkered flag but, racing news, and, but that's yeah. and that's what most of my interactions with T Wag was was through racing online. You know, he'd send me a direct message like. You know, you really shouldn't have said that. I'm like, I know, but yeah. I kind of felt like I had to. Yeah, but, right. You know, but that's, you know, the the, the legacy for me is is a big deal, and and I'm very happy that I get to carry that legacy on in more ways than one. Um, you know, in, in the racing business, but it's you know him him going from announcing into flagging. I've kind of made a little bit of the same transition, and, and you know, he said to me that the advice, and this time I actually listened to him, but he said to me, when you start flagging, no one likes you. Right. When you're an announcer, everybody loves you. 
yeah. when you leave the track. But when you're the flagman, nobody likes you. What did you like better, Roger, flagging or announcing? Well, I think that they both have their 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 goal. You know, their shining moments. I think. Right. Announcing was 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 a heck of a ride for me. Oh yeah. You know from. Doing you know the IndyCar race at you know Milwaukee Mile with my friend Mike Babbitts, oh, wow. and then, then getting into Road America in '98 with him, and again I slid into that deal kind of weird, but sure. I announced there at Road America from '98 to '01, and then <clears throat> shortly after Eric took over a race and announcing at Road America. But to answer your question, I, I think flagging was kind of like my experience back when I was younger, back in '77, '79. I started race uh, officiating high school basketball. Oh, sure. Uh, with a friend of mine, started at, as just doing rec ball games for adult leagues, and then doing junior JV games, and then also some varsity games, and then traveling up to Green Bay and Manitowoc and, and Milwaukee to do varsity boys. You get a thick game. skin that way you know, too. Y- y- exactly. It, it took, yeah, exactly. And I think that flagging is. I always took that experience of roughing basketball as you know, it's you're officiating. Right. You're officiating the race, and you have to call it equally on both sides no matter what and the rules have to be the same for everyone right and, and a lot of a lot of guys a lot of the late model guys that came from hills corners that were the big deal not mentioning any names right but they were the big deal they thought they ran the place right and when they ran into me they ran into a problem right because oh, yeah. you know you know they, they thought they could get away with stuff sure and I, I said well you know i told you this at the driver's meeting you did it once you get a warning second time you get you know black flag right and then so well i wasn't at the driver's meeting well that's your fault because it was a mandatory driving well yeah. i had my picture together well then it's his fault for not telling you well yeah you know so and we've had many arguments with those hills corners guys again not mentioning names right god I, rest their souls but yeah uh, i hear you it was uh it was an issue at first but when they when they knew they couldn't pull the wool over my eyes or they weren't going to get any special treatment i think they they kind of backed off a little bit but that's but you do have to have tough skin right? yeah and when i when i flagged a couple of times at, at chalton i think that was the most aggravating thing is you know kind of being superseded with a decision you know you'd black flag somebody and it only happened once or twice but it it's still you know it's a ball and a strike call or you know it's a foul or it isn't a foul yeah. but you're trying to call it fairly and you're trying to call it equally <clears throat> there's there's some a little bit more control that you have when you're when you're waving the sticks in the stand sure and there's a little bit of solitude out there because you are it oh sure you know, absolutely you're the new sheriff in town yeah oh yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely we'll 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 end it there and, and we'll wrap one up next week